You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Who's tomorrow and be done? I, uh, I feel bad for all the Denver fans um, when it comes to baseball, football. Professional sports. Sports, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but also, like, I feel like the Broncos were kind of in that rut there for a little bit with, uh, you know, they were good. Um, and losing the playoffs, while it hurts in the moment, it's much better than what the Rockies and the Broncos have been the last five years. And uh, with that, welcome in, guys. Happy Saturday <laughs> evening um, to you guys. Uh, obviously, things are on the up and up with uh, football in this yep. city. And for, I, for, I just have some sympathy and empathy for all the fans out there for the Nuggets and the Avalanche. But, uh, you know, yeah, both teams had good runs this year. And uh, you should definitely appreciate those uh, when they come. And also, speaking of appreciating, before we get out of here too far, um, Muhammad Badri, $5 super, dropping the orange and the blue heart. Muhammad, we appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Malik, his uh, newborn son as well. Thank you very much for Muhammad for being a just ardent supporter of all the platforms, all the shows. But uh, Luke, hello. How are What's you? Up? Happy Saturday. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you, I got you rolling right before we got the show. I'm like, oh, man, the Nuggets got smoked last night. It's not looking good. We had such a good uh, week, uh, know. you know, as a as a – a city, a town, a fan base uh, last week, and this week not so much. But I've got good news for you, Broncos country. Mandatory minicamp starts next week. That's right. You have to be there. All the players have to be there, including one Melvin Gordon, who has stayed away from OTAs. We will get into Melvin Gordon. We're going to talk Javante Williams. Get into this Mike Boone, Levante Bellamy, Royce Freeman, and the rest of the Denver Broncos backfield now that Philip Lindsay is with the Houston Texans. So we've got tons to get to, but first – Guys, this is MHI and Mile High Insiders. He is Nick Kendall. I am Luke Patterson. Welcome Saturday night. I'm really pumped we've got the show going because I was really, really worried the Avs would be playing right now, and uh, I didn't need that in my life. So here we are. Mandatory minicamp's coming up Saturday night. We're only a few days away. I'm feeling good, man. It's starting to feel like football is back here in the Mile High City. Yeah, no, I'm feeling excited about it, too. Obviously, when it's OTAs, 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, you can only take so much out of it. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what off covering any team in the offseason is, right? We have to make mountains out of molehills. Um, but uh, it's still fun to see what everything here. And we got Gary's in the house. Good to see you, Gary. Um, Dennis Elliott's in the house. See Madungas is in the house. George Newton. Hey, it's in the shop with Willie. Willie. Gosh, uh, I haven't seen him in a second. He loves you, Luke. I know. Willie's my guy. We chirp each other constantly. Absolutely love it. What's up, Willie? Hope you're doing well, you and yours, on Saturday night, man. And I hope you're ready for football as we continue. Michael Paul in the house. Playoffs bound. Mile high soldier style. I like it. Um, That's weird, Nick. It's weird to hear Broncos in postseason, you know, because it's been so rough and we got to get into it. Mike S. saying what's up to Broncos country. Nick, you're the GOAT, says ML. ML, I got to make sure it's not a burner account from Nick. (laughs) please be be sure to get at us no we appreciate the support nick's the best clifton harris broncos for life we've got our guy vince saying what's up boys um we've got lots of lots of folks in the house we're starting to build those numbers be sure to like subscribe and share guys and be sure to get at nick kendall be sure to get at me and be sure to get at john all on twitter you could start by going to at mile high huddle on twitter and then you can find nick at nick kendall mhh i'm at luke patterson lp and there is the at mile high huddle twitter handle you can find at mile high well you can find the mile high insiders pod at mhi underscore pod so here we go nick 
here we go, here we go, here we go. Javante Williams, he's been working, and he's been getting some very good reps in, in practice. Coach Vic Fangio said right after the draft that running back is one of those positions that is uh, the easiest to transition, and I use that term easy very loosely as I'm not the one taking those hits. Uh, yeah. What do you make of the very first or last phase, I guess, of OTAs and Javante Williams and what he's done so far in just a matter of a few weeks? Uh, Luke, you've covered the Senior Bowl. You've been down there at uh, Mobile watching the practices, watching everything. And while it's fun to see the running backs get out there and do their things, it's really hard to take away that much from them until you actually see the real life hitting, right? Like scrimmaging and everything going on there. Cause they can be executing the pass, uh, the pass blocking sets, which is what you want. Um, and you can get a lot from them as far as, uh, being flexed out as a receiver. Uh, even though linebackers at a disadvantage there most of the times, but, uh, so far it sounds like everything is really good, uh, for Javante Williams, even though again, mountain out of a molehill, um, given the information that they will know a lot more. You talk about mandatory mini camps. It's when that Vikings Broncos, um, cross practice comes across. That's when we're going to get a lot of information with the running backs and linebackers and uh, trench players, but uh, 4.6 uh, grade point average um, at mm. UNC smart kid. I think he's only 20 years old, had like 200 less touches than Travis Etienne and uh, Najee Harris. Uh, I'm a big fan of Javante Williams. I, you know, just hyperbole running backs don't matter. I always say that tongue in cheek, but the running backs on the rookie contract, you best believe they matter. And uh, I'm really excited to see what Devonta Williams can do over the next four seasons in Denver. Um, is he going to be a starter this year? Yeah, that remains to be seen. Um, but we got EJ coming here saying Pookie will be dynamic to our running game. Want to see him truck defenders this season. Who's, well, I think who's you're... Pookie? Who's Pookie, Nick? Can you let folks know who Pookie is? Because you're talking about Javante Williams, how much you love him. He's valedictorian, smart guy, former linebacker. Who's Pookie? That's his nickname. That's, just That's a... his nickname. That's the monster of a back's nickname. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah. Pookie, man. Pookie. You got to be watching out for Pookie because Pookie's going to get yeah. you. Pookie runs angry. Uh, former linebacker, like I just talked about. And Pookie can catch. Uh, yeah. that's something that you're seeing in OTAs. I, I believe Mike Kliss, the Troy ranks of the world who are out there, um, the little bits of clips that you see from DenverBroncos.com. You're starting to see some of those things and I absolutely love it, but let's get to some supers before we get to all of my opinions on running backs and Nick's opinion on the running backs. We need to get it going. I think we got to let John just start letting them rip. And here we go in the shop. Willie letting her rip $2 super. Appreciate you so much, Willie. Your donation means the world to Nick, John, Myself and MHI and my huddle, if we're going to be completely honest. John is the real goat. My man, John. John is the goat. We couldn't do anything without John, and John's blushing back there trying to be cool, and uh, I like to embarrass him. I wish I could get John on. I just could be able to click him on, but uh, he'd get mad at us, and we appreciate that, Willie. Thank you so much for your donation. We couldn't be the show that we are without John. That is for sure. Yeah, 100%, and uh, thank you very much. And also, very generous coming in here, uh, Vincent. Pawlowski wow. coming in here saying uh, your initial takeaways on the quarterback initial camp performance, any concerns? Um, well, man, out of the gate, we're going quarterback. Uh, I guess my concerns are, it sounds like Locke is struggling, um, executing, uh, going through his reads, his accuracy, uh, some of the decision-making now, how much are we actually taking away from 11 on 11s at this juncture? Uh, it really is more like whispers coming from the coaching staff players and stuff like that, um, where you start to get a little bit of concerns, but, uh, we still got a long way to go. Um, here's to hoping Locke can, uh, play better than he, I guess has, uh, so far, but it does sound like actually let's the positive here. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater has been, uh, 
taking uh, chemistry quickly with Judy and a, a lot of these receivers and a lot of, a lot of players in that locker room are taking a shine to him uh, very quickly, despite not being there very long. So uh, even if let's say lock doesn't work out, I think the floor of this room is very high because Bridgewater, I think brings average quarterback play. You don't want average, but the Broncos haven't had average since yeah. the end of 2014. God, it hurts me to yeah. say that with Peyton in 2015, Ow. but he was not good. <laughs> um, but uh, if you can get average with this team, that can be enough. So, uh, Here's a uh, fingers crossed, right? But th- that's that's my initial concerns or uh, takeaway concerns. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it so, sounds like it's a lot of the same stuff with Locke. You know, there's all these like offseason <laughs> anecdotes and hyperbole, yeah. but it still sounds like it's a lot of the same concerns. Yeah, uh, Vincent, thank you so much and welcome to MHI. I appreciate your support. It helps Nick and I do what we love to do, and that's bring you Broncos analysis and coverage. And be sure to get at milehighhuddle.com where we're not a subscription-based. I squeaked there. Did you hear that? We're not a subscription-based service or anything like that. Um, Chad Jensen, and let's give a shout-out to Kenneth Booker, right? I want to get KB in there, and I want to get Mike Evans. Be sure to check out our newest staff writers on milehighhuddle.com. But, Vincent, to answer your question, I'm going to piggyback off of Nick's answer. A lot of the same with Drew Locke. That's what I'm hearing. I haven't been out there. Nick hasn't been out there. So we're just going off of the limited actual opinions that are being made from reporters that we trust. And it sounds like a lot of the same footwork problems, anticipation problems. Yeah, he's got a strong arm. Okay, but take the check down. He was taking the check down the other day and then he just got rattled, decided to start chucking it around. Uh Man, it's tough. It's really, really tough because I don't want to beat the kid up. Well, I shouldn't say kid. I don't want to beat this guy up he did over OTAs. Yeah, man, I, I don't want to do it. To your point, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he's on the rise. I mean, I, mm-hmm. this is Drew's job. Uh, he has to win it. I mean, I mean, I think Drew's taking the ones right now because he was the incumbent. But Teddy Bridgewater is being very – he's becoming very popular in that Broncos locker room, guys. So, Vincent, appreciate you so much. I will let you yeah, guys know you so about that quarterback competition next week. I will be out there all three days at mandatory mini camp. So, uh, I'll be boots on the ground. I'll be able to let you guys know a no BS take. My opinion, if Drew Locke is lighting it up, that's what the report you're going to get from me. And uh, that would be great for the Broncos. So That's best case scenario. Yeah. Right? like We're critical, but that's because this team has to have a quarterback to compete with Herbert and Mahomes. So, uh, we want the best. Um, but, uh, we're not going to sugarcoat it, uh, never sugarcoating it. Although always dropping some sugar here, Brian Greenfield, $15 super over on YouTube. Uh, we should all hope he's in danger of a reduced role. If so, that means Williams is a real deal. And he's talking about Melvin Gordon here. Um, Luke, I thought you had something here that, uh, earlier in our text exchange with, uh, Chad, that I wanted you to get into a little bit, um, as far as, uh, your thoughts on this. Williams versus Gordon snap uh, distribution slash uh, how these roles might play out. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how Melvin Gordon is received, not only from his teammates, from his coaches coming on to Tuesday. It won't only be my first day. It'll be Melvin Gordon's first day back. Uh, Melvin Gordon, of course, has not showed up to any voluntary OTAs that I can think of with the Chargers or the Broncos. It's just kind of what he does. He works out at home or works out with his crew and does what he's going to do. So uh, right now, to me, the hot back is Javante Williams. That's not to say that Javante Williams is going to be the starting running back. I think he could eventually become the starting running back this season. Um, A hot, hot take, if you will. 
Injuries are going to happen, Nick, in training yep. camp. That's the bottom line. And the Broncos overpaid for Melvin Gordon. Uh, if a starting running back, maybe even a secondary running back goes down, I'm wanting to trade Melvin Gordon if I'm being completely honest. I do not like the contract. It's too much money to pay out to a banged-up player that is very one-dimensional in his game to me, especially with Pat Shermer. Uh, Pat Shermer does not utilize Melvin Gordon in the passing game. He is utilizing Javante Williams thus far at OTA, so take that for what it's worth and with a grain of salt. But Melvin Gordon has just had a really, really rough tenure as a Bronco, right? Had that DUI charge that was ultimately dismissed, but not a good look for the Bronco. Goes on Troy Rank's podcast, Nick, and talks about how he wasn't well-received. It was a little bit of, you know, odd. There were some odd situations with Philip Lindsay and being Denver's son, things like that. Well, Philip's not here anymore. And George Payton, he traded up to go get Javante Williams. So I always say, you know, watch what they do, not what they say. George Payton is putting a heavy, heavy priority and emphasis on the rookie running back. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that would be really interesting. So a trade for the, uh, a trade of Melvin Gordon right now would result in a $2 million dead cap hit with a 7 million savings. However, if they released him, it would be 6.5 million dead cap. So uh, not obviously not going to be released, but uh, if somebody, let's say offered a, a fourth round pick, and Williams is looking really good, but it's not just Williams looking good. It's is Boone looking good. Is Bellamy looking good? Is that depth there? Because let's be honest, the way this team is set up right now, the questions at quarterback and again, hyperbole running backs don't matter, but for this team, running backs are going to matter. And, uh, Right now where I sit, I wouldn't want to be moving on from a Melvin Gordon unless I was getting back a solid pick for him just because that feels like it's going to be the identity of the offense. And it's just it's a position that is takes so many big hits that I, and I'll push back against you a little bit, too. I thought Melvin Gordon was really good last year um, from that Miami game onwards. I think he was a top seven level running back in the NFL. He was healthy and that makes a big difference in the season, but he was really good. Um, so uh, unless somebody is giving me like a fourth round pick or something equivalent like a fourth and a future six where I can uh, a clear nearly $7 million in cap space. Uh, then I'm probably not looking to move him. I'm just going to ride the hot hand and hope that uh, both of them can stay healthy. But no, the reality is one of them will probably get dinged up at some point. And uh, then you can go with whoever's the most healthy at the time. And that let that be the identity of the offense. And uh, you, you know, take the ball out of the quarterback's hands, so to speak in some cases, just, and let the identity be the running game. Four fumbles absolutely kill me with Melvin Gordon. Yeah. His selfish yeah. nature against the Las Vegas Raiders in that last game to try to pick up yards and just he's a he's a me guy. And this is a team sport, man. You want to go be a me guy? Box. Go be an MMA. You could be a me guy there. You can't be a me guy here. And you're right. Maybe I'm being a little hard on Melvin Gordon, but I just I feel like this is a running back that has been jammed down the city of Denver's throat. That Denver never wanted. Um, you know, say what you want about Philip Lindsay, he's gone. He's with the Houston Texans. Um, it just, it, I don't like being force fed a product that I don't think is quite worth it. And I'm just, I'm curious to see how his teammates and the coaches ultimately perceive him. But let's get some supers going. Um, Nick yeah. and I got into our word salad. We're 15 minutes in, and this show is absolutely red hot right now. So we want to get going. Nick, Brian Greenfeld coming in again with a very generous super chat donation. Thank you very much, Brian. And we appreciate you beyond being here with us on MHI. Nick, Luke, don't get it twisted. I think Gordon played well last season. He's not a scrub. I hope Williams is a beast. Brian, you could be onto something because running backs get banged up every single year. Um, the likelihood that you're starting running back is, or any player other than Lloyd Cushenberry, right, is going to make it through all 16 games. Not so good. So in all 
likelihood I can bash and I can hate and I can grind on Melvin Gordon. This could be Melvin Gordon's final year here with Denver, which is much more likely than the Broncos trading the back because that's a scenario that doesn't quite make sense just yet because nothing's happened just yet. Um, Nick, what do you think about that? The tandem, as Brian's pointing out, of both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, do they complement each other or how can both running backs work in Pat Shermer's offense? I think Melvin Gordon is a little bit more of a, a slasher and he can be a home run hitter. Like when he gets in the open field, you can see him. He, he's long legged, long limbed, and uh, he can cover oh. ground in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Williams is not necessarily that same way uh, where he, they both, they both can run between the tackles. They both can run power. They both can run inside zone. And you're going to need that with the Shermer offense. Um, but Williams is a little bit more, I wouldn't say he's not home run, but it's not to the same extent where he is going to have contact and have some guys bounce off of him. And uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, on the field Kareem Hunt, where it's like, you know, you're not a guy who is super duper like, you you know, busting the first line and then getting 80 yards, but he's low to the ground. Guys just seem to not stick to him and a pretty soft hands out there. Williams, they didn't use him as much in the past game because they had Michael Carter, um, who was a little bit better in the past game. Sure. but I, I don't think that's a fault of Williams. I think that's just because Carter was good there. Um, so I, I see a lot of Kareem Hunt when I watch Devonta Williams, and that can be a really good player here. I just, mm. I'm happy about both of them. And coming back to Gordon, I really was upset about the contract when the Broncos paid him. And it has nothing to do with Gordon, really. It's the self actualization realization of the Broncos because paying a running back when you're not a team that's a running back away just seems like a waste of money. Right, like this team, I don't have I don't have an any I don't have an issue with Gordon. And if this Broncos team, let's say, flip them right now and they were the Chiefs, and instead of going out there and using a first round pick on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they pay Melvin Gordon. Brilliant. The great, good job. You don't have to use a first round pick on a running back now, and you're in your window for the next two years paying a running back big money. Yeah. That's fine. But with the Broncos, we're not going to a Super Bowl in the next two years with Melvin Gordon. And I get a lot of it's probably Elway doing everything he can to make sure that Locke is the guy because if Locke didn't hit Elway was probably going to be led to the door. Here we are. Um, but uh, that's, it's, I really, it's not, it's the, they're not real with themselves. You don't make that type of deal unless you are in your window and they were not in their window. It's obviously. like big, it's like big worm and Friday, right? It's like, it's the principle. This principalities, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't know who you are as a team, let alone an offense, and you're just going to go start throwing money at a running back position. It's tough. And I see Broncos country. Broncos country's on the comment line right now, you know, saying, hey, he didn't deserve all that contract. Other guys are saying, look, man, yeah, he was overpaid, but he's going to turn it on. He can work with Javante Williams. I'm just – I'm hesitant towards it. Um, I got in trouble last year, Melvin Gordon's agent. DMing oh. me, why can't you say anything oh. good about Melvin Gordon? You know, and I'm like, dude, hey, go read some of my articles about Phil Lindsay too. That I did not pull any punches there either. But you know, ultimately, like you say, if Melvin Gordon is gonna put out, then it's gonna put the Broncos in a good position. I will push back just a skosh, and I like Do the it. Kareem Hunt comparison. I like a little bit of Nick Chubb too, man. There's like a hybrid almost mix in the yeah. middle to me. Not as fast as Nick yeah. Chubb, obviously. It's, it's Nick Chubb's a burner. Money. Yeah, yeah, it's the, those legs, the lower ground, the the center gravity, and Kareem Hunt obviously has that, so I don't argue with either one of those. I like it a lot. EJ coming in, uh, saying he's overpaid. Our pal, Pookie, um, here, Gordon, was overpaid. But he did play good despite the fumbles. Hopefully, he plays even better this year with Pookie getting reps. EJ, I love it. Uh, it's a really, really smart comment because both running backs need to make it, and sometimes even three, four, heck, Nick, sometimes five. And our pal coming in with Buki reminds me of Marshawn Lynch. Ooh, man, 
Marshawn Lynch, Broncos fans know that He's name. Known. NFL fans know that name. If they could get a hair of Marshawn Lynch out of Javante Williams, Broncos would be doing all right. Absolutely. And uh, just coming back to this conversation about how it's being split up. Obviously, we talk about Williams having so little carries coming into the NFL, and that's great. But you are uh, moving on from Gordon. You'd be putting on a lot on Williams out of the gate, and you just don't know how he's going to respond to that level of workload. Um, So it's something that you can transition to him over time. But Gordon is a very much a one year fail safe in that sense where you don't have to be all of a sudden going from, uh, you know, that's fully a timeshare with Michael Carter there for that UNC backfield to being the guy. I think he can be the guy, but you just have a little bit of uh, leeway one way or the other when you do have Gordon here because you can lean on Gordon assuming he protects the football, right? Like it's the same. It's the same conversation with the quarterback battle, right? Like they don't do too much, but you protect the damn ball. And uh, if Gordon does that, if he doesn't like, excuse me, if Gordon doesn't do that, you're going to see like the hook come off the stage and pull him off, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I don't know, man, I, so, I have a hard time with Gordon. So me too. So my wife before the show asked, what are you guys going to talk about? Right. And I'm like, Oh, I think we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon. And she's like, Oh no. Cause she knows <laughs> I got red hot. She's didn't even have to say anything. And I'm already yelling about things, you know, the fumbles and all kinds of stuff with Melvin Gordon and, I don't know Melvin, so none of it's personal or anything like that. Um, but it's just I, I struggle with Melvin, man. I really do. I, it's it's one of those things where if he could embrace a little bit of humility, um, that would go a long way with me and I think his teammates as well. Nick, I wonder if he's going to get a little welcome to camp moment, you know, next week by the defense. A little, hey, pop, you know, like, hey, you're the vet and everything. But, dude, we've been out here beating on each other. Welcome to camp. And uh, speaking of welcome, what's up, Willie? Warm welcome to you. Great supporter of the show. Let him be mad. Give us John. No, I can't do it. John treats us so right. I could not just click John on the screen. He has got his fingers working these keyboards, taking care of all our audio, all of our supers, and all of you in Broncos country. So uh, with respect to John, Willie, I can't do it. I'll get him in some trouble later on. I promise he's always cleaning up after us, so we'll be sure to make a mess. George saying, oh, I'm a little behind. Melvin Gordon's agent texted Luke. Now I DM me just saying, you know, hey, would it kill you to she – would it kill you to say something nice about Melvin? And, you know, I'd love to get Melvin on the show. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, Charlie Beagle's in the house. What's up, Charlie? I see you. Thank you for joining MHI. Don Lovato. Trevor. Trevor, a big supporter of ours as well. Trevor, appreciate you so much. Hope you're enjoying your summer. Brian Greenfeld with another generous Super Chat donation. You're red hot tonight with your football takes, Brian. Keep them coming. I wasn't ever a huge fan of Philip Lindsay as, mo- as most Broncos fans for the same reason. I don't care for Jerry Judy, and it's all personality issues. I don't want out of young players. Here's what I'll say to that, Brian. Uh, Philip Phil has a big chip on his shoulder, right? And that's why he's made it to the NFL. It also gets him in a little bit of trouble, I think. And I think the Houston Texans and the running back uh, committee that they have down there and competition that they have going on down there right now is really interesting. And I think that speaks volumes as to what the Texans are learning about Phil. Uh, I wish Phil was a little more humble at the same time. He's got that killer instinct and I, I can't fault him for that. And I respect him. And, you know, I, maybe he comes back to the Broncos one day, probably not, but Jerry Judy, I want to speak about this though, Nick, we talked about it last week, Brian, check out the pod, wherever you get your pod, Spotify, Apple, and uh, get at us because we talked about this. Jerry Judy is showing a lot more maturity at least in his press conferences, Nick, when I got to talk to him a little bit last week, um, 
he felt comfortable talking to the media. He was so he, – he talked glowingly about K.J. Hamler, about Cortland Sutton, about Drew, about Teddy. And that, to me, made me feel so much better because I hear you, Brian. It you know pisses me off when I hear Jerry Judy saying, at least I got my conditioning in. I uh, got the clothing line and stuff, right? Well, PS2 does too. Patrick Sutan, it's kind of the thing, right? And the Where we're headed, we're old men now, Brian. We don't get these things. I'm 30. I'm, I'm showing my age now. We don't get these things. So I hear you, man. Nick, what do you make of it? Uh, with uh, Sounds like you just don't like skill positions, right? Like the, the classic <laughs> diva. Right? Like you're going to get that from wide receivers and running backs. Yeah. Kind of like to talk. Um, cornerbacks do the same thing, right? Like, did you not like a keep to leave or, or do you only like when they fully back it up? You know, those, those are the type of things that I'm, I'm questioning here. Um, but, uh, and, and you know what Mark Schlereth always, always says on air and it's it, it, like him, love him or hate him. Uh, he says some funny stuff, Mark Schlereth. And he always said, you know, you need a little bit of crazy on your team. Mm-hmm. You need one or two guys like a Bill Romanowski, right? Or an Akeem Talib. You need one or two of those guys until you don't need them. <laughs> and then, you know, Akeem obviously had some problems too off the field. So it's tough, Nick. I completely agree. You got to, it's a double edged sword and you got to be willing to live and die by it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's rough. Um, but uh, in the shop, Willie calling it saying that an old fellow is going to have to get over that. So uh, Willie and I almost we were we were about to get in a fight um, over the draft. So uh, c- calm down, Willie. Don't call me too old. I'm not even. I'm not pushing thirty yet. I am you pushing what? thirty. I'm not thirty yet. Yeah, what? I thought you were older than me. How no, I'm, I'm a youngin. Dang you're, you're the... John, are you older than thir- uh, John? How old are you? Thirty. No, he's like I don't, I'm not telling you how. He's like a lady never tells. <laughs> uh, no, but let's let's keep it going here. Um, Clifton Harris getting us back on track. Nick, Todd Gurley's been working out for everybody, and Clifton has yeah. seen it, saying Todd Gurley's still a free agent, running back by committee league. I'm just saying, uh, what, Todd Gurley's worked out for, what, three squads in 12 days or something like that, man? I mean, well, Todd Gurley to the Broncos. Did the Broncos work him out? I think it's a pretty deep room. Talk mm-hmm. about that running back by committee that Clifton is referencing. I mean, Todd Gurley, it's good to have running back by committee, but like the Broncos do have running back by committee going on right now with uh, Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams and Todd Gurley. I mean, if he, if his knee wasn't cooked, he probably would be signed by right now. Like what did he do last year with Atlanta? Right? Like I can't even, I can't even picture him. Like I can't into my head. I can't even think of a snap of Todd Gurley in Atlanta. Um, so that's just kind of the nature of the running back position in general for the most part. Um, especially for ones that had a degenerative knee issue like uh, Gurley did coming out. Uh, I still can't believe he went to 10 overall. He was really good there for a little bit, but uh, woof. Um, but uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. We got uh, we got another good friend of the show coming in. I want to say hi, dude. What's up, Dylan? Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're enjoying your summer saying, look, I wouldn't pay another running back. And I think Dylan likes your point, Nick, about what a rookie running back contract can do for a team, especially mm-hmm. when you find a gem of a running back like the Broncos think they did with Javante Williams in the second round. But let's talk about some other backs, Nick. George yeah. Payton, obviously those those connections and those purple roots uh, with those purple people eaters are still there. The Broncos mm-hmm. are going to go up and travel to practice the Minnesota Vikings, the first preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. And he's bringing some former Vikings with him. One of them being Mike Boone, a veteran, not veteran running back. I guess a few years he's worked with Philip Lindsay actually in the off season. Uh, we actually were talking about Mike Boone before the show. What do you envision Mike Boone's role to be on this team? And how would you describe Mike Boone to the casual football fan? 
Mike Boone is actually a pretty darn good athlete, uh, pretty explosive, but uh, for running back, like vision, footwork, patience, stuff like that can overcome uh, athleticism. I mean, we kind of saw Trent Trent Richardson, if that's a name that sticks out to you. Oh, um, amazing oh. athlete, great size, good body, but uh, had no vision, no instincts at all. So uh, running back, a lot like linebackers, a position where instincts and a technique can take you a long way if you do not have the athleticism. Not saying that uh, Mike Boone does not have that feel for the running back position, but he's a phenomenal athlete, and you're still hoping that he can take it to that next level as far as like uh, matching his footwork to the blocking scheme when he needs to hit the hole, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but f- he's obviously square pegged in a battle for the running back three position. And uh, running back three, it's as trivial or silly as it sounds, it's going to come down to special teams ability, right? Like the, who's going to go out there and offer the most at – for special teams between him and Royce Freeman slash Levante Bellamy slash uh, Damian Crockett, uh, another name as well from uh, North Dakota state. Um, but uh, when Mike Boone in Minnesota, he was actually a pretty darn good special teams player. Um, you're not going to really see that as much at this point in OTAs, but I, once we get to full uh, mandatory minicamp, you'll start to see more of that going on there. So uh, take note, you said somebody maybe do a big hit out there. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it with uh, somebody on Melvin Gordon, but special teams look for Mike Boone because when he can hit, Ooh, he can hit. Can Mike Boone have one of those Tokyo uh, moments like Terrell Davis did right in the preseason I mean, where he's just going to go down and lay the wood. That would be great. Right. Because special yeah. teams, Nick, as soon as you said special teams, I felt better because mm-hmm. the special teams has been absolutely atrocious, has not been the Broncos special teams in the top 10 since the year 2000. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. All the coaches, including coach Shanahan. And um, it just kind of shows you where the team has been at. So uh, Mike Boone, it's it's a competition with him, obviously. Royce Freeman still hanging in there, and he's hanging by a thread. Veteran mm-hmm. running back who kind of lost his mojo. I feel you know like I'm in an Austin Powers movie here, but he took the back seat to Philip Lindsay, and I don't think he's ever quite mentally recovered from that. You see some good moments from Royce Freeman. You see um, a surprising amount of utilization in the passing game, Nick, which shocks me when I see Royce Freeman flexed out wide. Uh, I shake my head. I'm screaming at the TV. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Uh, He's got to earn a job. Levante Bellamy, undrafted free agent from last year. He was the highest paid running back from Mm -hmm. the undrafted class. He is trying to earn a job. So it's going to get really, really interesting. And that's what Michael Paul is wanting to talk about on Facebook. Thanks for joining us on MHI. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. Of course, John on the ones and twos. Wanting to know, hey, Nick, could Royce Freeman play some fullback this season? Obviously, Michael knows that Royce is not a small back by any means. Yeah, um, is Royce, does he have the mentality to play fullback, right? Like my biggest thing with Royce Freeman is he plays like a scat back when he is 230 pounds. Like that's always been his issue. Like, buddy, you're big, you're strong, play like it. You don't ever, not everything has to be bounced to the outside. Um, so I think Oregon kind of, uh, messed with him a bit because of how, uh, wide aligned that offensive line was, um, how limited the box numbers were there. And he could get away with, uh, you know, getting to the edge in the pac 12, but in the NFL, he just, he just does not have the juice, uh, to play with the style that he has right now. He needs to un- come, you know, center himself and be like, listen, if I'm going to make money in this league, I'm going to have to go out there and be a bulldozer. And he just does not play that way. Just, it, it's not his running style, despite his uh, skill set. Yeah, I I would like to see Royce get a shot with another team, Nick. Sometimes that's what these running backs need. Sometimes, heck, that's what players and human beings need. There's a human element to this, folks, as well. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with Royce Freeman's uh, current status as a running back on this team. It's just... 
Philip Lindsay shot up so fast that it was something no one was expecting, let alone yeah. what third round draft pick in Royce Freeman out of Oregon. So very, very good question. Absolutely love it. Richie Rich, what's up, buddy? Saying, I think Andrew Beck is a better option. That's tough. Tough love. I see what you're doing there. Um, but yeah, man, it's 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 uh it's one of those deals where this is it for Royce Freeman, Nick. He's I don't know that he even makes it through camp, if I'm gonna be completely honest. If another team cuts a back and that waiver wire is just sitting there. These teams, as you know, as you've covered camps, they hand out rosters every single day. That's because players come and go through the night, Nick. I don't Mm -hmm. know if Royce Freeman could be one of those players that ultimately leaves the Broncos. I mean, when they signed Mike Boone, the writing was kind of on the wall, but then it was in, you know, Sharpie once they got uh, Williams as well. So um, we got Brian coming back in. Brian. uh, Thank you, Brian. Quadruple dipping, quintuple dripping. Uh, dipping uh, Talib, you can't compare. He, he talked trash, yes, and so did Shannon Sharp uh, about his own team. And as far as skill position, Sutton, no issues. Terrell Davis, as calm as it gets, there is a huge difference. Well, I, I'm just talking in cliches there. They always talk about the skill positions being, especially wide receivers and cornerbacks, being divas. You know, give me the ball out there, chirping away. Um, I yeah. actually like a good cornerback that chirps as long as they can back it up. Um, but Okay, uh, what about I you? I'm going to... I want to ask about that because Brian, maybe you would have this question as well. And I hope you might, what do you make of Jalen Ramsey? Would you like a Jalen Ramsey on your team? Because obviously the man has talent just falling out of his ears, but sometimes he gets a little mouthy for me and it, you know, bothers me, Nick, what do you make of like a Jalen Ramsey? Is that type of corner? The one you're describing? Uh, you know what? He's so good. And as long as he's not out there, you know, getting in trouble, getting in trouble, doing stupid things off the field and uh, being a distraction for the team. Like he was in Jacksonville there at the end. Uh, I can live with it. Um, you know, there are some things that especially off the field where it's like, Nope, that's a no go for me. Um, uh, but uh, for him and his talking, he's one of those guys that he's annoying when he's on the other teams and whatnot. It's an eye roll. Like, Oh, okay, Jalen, we get it. But like, if he's on your team, you're going to stand for that guy. Yeah, and he, and didn't he change numbers too? Did I see him wearing number seven? No, that was eight. That was uh, Patrick Peterson. I saw wearing seven Patrick with Peterson. the Vikings. I'm he still trying to get these. Yeah, I'm trying to get these jerseys right, Nick. It's absolutely crazy. So great, great uh, yep. comment, Brian. Thank you so much. And Trevor, I see you in the in the comment thread. DM me or get at me on Facebook, man, and we'll be able to make something happen as you're here in Denver. So get at me, um, Charlie Beagle. What's up, buddy? I hear you. And uh, Trevor saying, what's up? Does MHH tailgate at the home games in Denver, including preseason? Going to a home game, but want to touch base with my Broncos MHH fan. All right, Trevor. So here's the deal, man. We are spread out throughout the U.S. And as you know, uh, we're in the media and we're a publication. So we try to really stray away from some of our our. I want to say our fandom, and but it's hard, right? It's really, really hard to do. So no, we're not tailgating at the games. And hopefully with uh, restrictions and everything like that, I'll be able to be there covering the games. But um, we've got staff everywhere that is covering this team. That's one of the best things about Mile High Huddle. It's one of the reasons I'm so proud of Mile High Huddle. So uh, the good news, though, Trevor... You'll see me around, man, and we'll make something happen. So if you're in Denver, get at me on Twitter, uh, wherever you are. I know there's Broncos fans out there in Seattle. Get it, Nick, because you guys do, and it, it makes our day. Uh, I see Nick. I know Nick gets tons of DMs, tons of texts, and he's got tons of relationships with Broncos country, as does every other podcast host and writer with my high huddle. So great question, and uh, yeah, man, hopefully we see you at some Broncos games. So transitioning back, here we go. Michael Paul in the house. Nick, do you see Pat Sertan becoming our next champ? Bailey, I see what you did there, Michael, because champ Bailey obviously love himself some Pat Sertan. Nick, what do you make of uh, 
Pat Sertan, can he be a Hall of Famer? Could he be like number 24? I don't think he is the same caliber athlete as Champ Bailey was, but their Champ Bailey is like a once in a generation, once in 15, 20 years level of athlete at cornerback. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, Patrick Sertan is going to be really good, but to put the bar at uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably one of the most athletic, talented cornerbacks to ever play the game. Man, I uh, maybe I put Champ up too high because that's in my past, and uh, that's you know that's great. And Sertan moves so smooth like Champ, but Champ was much more explosive. Uh, Sertan is smooth, but uh, Champ, I mean, Champ caught seven hundred yards and averaged twenty yards a kick return his junior year at Georgia too. Like he was playing both ways. It's just a freak athlete. The number f- six or fifth overall pick. Yeah. Um, Sertan, Sertan just needs to be the best Sertan Patrick PS2 he can be right he doesn't have to be uh, Champ Bailey because that's just that's an unfair bar you know like that, <laughs> that's like saying oh man can uh, you know Drew Locke be Peyton Manning well Drew Locke just needs to be Drew Locke like there's mm-hmm. only one Peyton Manning first ball Hall of Fame one of the best to ever do it like that's don't put that on the kid don't put that on a player just coming in before they've done anything Look at the chat, Nick. P- people are saying PS2 can become Ramsey. Uh, other people are com- asking if PS2 can be Champ Bailey. I'm just happy with the conversation, if we're going to be honest, because that's some good company with, with the cornerbacks. And I, I love Pat Sertan. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, uh, I want to see what he looks like. You know, seven on seven, it's going to be what it is. Um, but I'm excited to see him match up against his former teammate, maybe some Cortland Sutton. One of the biggest things that I'm hearing in the press conferences that I'm that I'm in right now from players are, man, this kid's the real deal, and he's big. Uh, they talk about how his yeah. size, Nick, and that Vaughn's talked about it. Uh, Malik's talked about it. I mean, tons of players have talked about him. So I'm really, really pumped. And let's keep this rolling along. This is the Mile High Insiders. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. We appreciate you guys rocking with us on your Saturday night. Brian has been the MVP of our show. I'm just going to say it right now. What's up, Brian? Appreciate you so much. And uh, I love it. Keep the interaction coming. Uh, guys, we welcome the donations. But if you have a hot take, you have a comment, you've never ever got on the computer before and you want to throw a comment down please do it because we want to read it out loud and we want to get your broncos take that's how we build our community and that's how uh you become a a super chat superstar like brian and thank you so much brian means the most to us yes i'd be okay with ramsey jalen ramsey obviously as long as he's not trash talking his teammates and uh his skills his skills per champ bailey is one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet as well as Mm -hmm. terrell davis so yeah, I hear you, man. It, it's personality, but it's like we talked about, right? Akeem Tlaib would get after his teammates a little bit. He'd get under Demarius Thomas's skin. One of my favorite things ever from training camp two years ago, guys, is when Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders were fighting. Well, that fighting consisted of throwing water bottles at each other, and the rest of the team just laughed because it's like, oh, what? This is how wide receivers fight, huh? It's absolutely crazy. Uh, EJ saying, what's up, man? I hear you in the Broncos press conferences. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It's a team effort here at mile high huddle so uh while i'm waiting in line patiently with my hand raised on zoom nick kendall chad jensen john the rest of our our team are hard at work at milehighhuddle.com uh we've got guys and gals riding through the night nick in europe and all over the globe absolutely love it brian coming in here um we got to brian's super chat with ramsey so we're good there go for it nick um, we got Wavehog Channel coming in here saying, I agree, Champ is the best we've had. Um, not just forget we, he might be the best cornerback to ever play the game. I'm, I don't think, you know, Agreed. that's that's a conversation we can have. No fight. Um, Deion Sanders, he didn't advocate him for himself as much as Deion Sanders did. Um, right. But I agree, I, I agree, Champ is the best <laughs> we've had. Uh, but I think Sertan has the potential to be in that category. But Sertan can be really good 
to great. Um, and if he can be a multi-time uh, pro bowler at cornerback at the cornerback position, that's good enough for me. Um, are we not concerned about PS2's makeup speed? I mean, that's one of the concerns uh, with him on tape. Um, he just did not have the, he wasn't the most click and close kind of guy. That's why when he played Agreed. off coverage, um, it was not always the best. He was much more comfortable when he get his hands on guys and dictate where they went uh, with his size and with his length. It's not that he is a poor athlete by any means. I just don't see the, uh, the twitch um, with some of those smaller cornerbacks or Caleb Farley when healthy doesn't mean he can't, or he's going to be an issue though. It's just, we're looking for things to uh, differentiate, differentiate these players. And uh, I think in this scheme, uh, Vic Fangio can be very adaptive with what he wants to do. Um, he did a lot of off coverage, off coverage, Vic Fangio true. But then with Prince of Mukamara played a lot of press coverage as well with that bears team in 2017, 2018. So uh, they're going to put Sertan in the best position to succeed. Also Vic Fangio being an innovator, Maybe Sertan is going to be that tight end stopper. I mean, there's been some hints, some talk about that as well. Everyone wants a linebacker, but it's a defensive back league in the uh, in defense. Uh, so maybe it'll be Sertan. Maybe Sertan will be that guy. NFL is all about trends. And real quick, back to Richie. You know, the Broncos have a Pro Bowl safety, the highest paid safety in Justin Simmons, and K-Jack is back. So, no, I'm not worried about that over the top speed. That's why you got those safeties back there. That's why you've beefed up that room, so to speak. And do not mm-hmm. sleep on Michael Jamudia, folks. I'm telling you, and I'm not just trying to, you know, make Nick happy because he's an Iowa guy. I'm not sleeping on this cat. I am. I refuse to just give up because he was in the doghouse for a couple weeks. No way. Michael Ujimudia is a, is a professional. He's a cerebral corner. Uh, I think defensive back, he can play all kinds of positions. So I like that as well. Let's move along. I see Delta O'Neal gets forgotten in here. Elite cornerback and punt returner. I love it, Cliff. Uh, Delta O'Neal, a good friend of one of my friends, Nick Ferguson, uh, one of those old school defensive backs for the Broncos who, man, he just couldn't help himself with letting, you know, was it Graham? Was it Graham that ran down Champ Bailey, that pick? against the steel in Daniel Graham. In the AFC, yep. Daniel Graham, right? Colorado zone, Nick Ferguson. How dare you? This is going out to you, man. And let's, let's roll around here. Uh, Casey Martin. I like those hats. They're clean. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. If you would like to get one of these hats, you sure can. You could join or visit the huddle up pod store and get your swag on. We'll get that banner up here in just a second. Um, but yeah, guys, Nick is a part of a few other shows as well, Building the Broncos with Carl. Um, We've got our Huddle Up gear in there. The Dove Valley Deep Divers are also in there. And all kinds of mile-high huddle gear. So get to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Chad and Zach are always coming out with new stuff, it feels like. I feel like they're a bit of a – they're like their own clothing line, those guys. And they design some pretty cool stuff. They even have some fan-designed merchandise that I know um, is very near and dear to our hearts as well. Because, guys, we couldn't do this without you. And that's yeah, not just a company line. It's not cliche. I mean, Nick, you know how much this means to me and how much it means to your family. And we love what we do. Yeah. So fun. And I think uh, Carolina Lynn's coming in here with stars and also the the wow and the heart eye emojis. So uh, thank you very much, Carolina. Hope you're doing well. And uh, Clifton Harris giving us the fist bump here. Um, and Free Earth Citizen, who I see comments in here a lot. He makes a good point here about uh, just talking about Champ Bailey in general. Um, mm-hmm. In today's NFL, the Broncos could not have traded a running back for a Hall of Fame cornerback in Champ Bailey. And uh, yeah. that's true. Uh, the game has changed, right? The game keeps changing. Yeah. Um you know, further and further away from the running back position being valued. Uh, you still see some guys get drafted pretty early, but uh, I don't know. Not for me. I probably wouldn't do that, but it's a good call there. Free earth. And that's uh 
you know, good job, Mike Shanahan too. That's he was the trendsetter, right? For the running backs don't matter. He traded off yeah. Chandler, and then you had Mike Anderson come in. Uh, Quentin Griffin was in there doing stuff. Uh, Peyton Hillis, uh, just running Ruben back Dr- after running Ruben, back. Ruben Drones, Tatum yeah. Bell. I mean, uh, like how many different one thousand yard running backs is Mike Shanahan known for? Right, and Bobby Turner. Right, shout out to my guy Orlando, his uh, his father in law. I think I'm hearing whispers right now. Maybe this is Bobby Turner's last year. We're not sure. Running backs coach out there for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, he has those Bronco roots here. And, uh, man, talk about running backs. San Francisco, am I right, fellas? They've got themselves some running backs over there. And, Brian, what's up, buddy? Um, He wants to know, Nick, what's your best skill position in Denver? What's the best skill position in Denver? Yeah, Uh, like I think think Brian's wanting to know, if as we look at this roster heading into mandatory minicamp, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian – you want to know which player has the most value right now. Um, obviously, that player, let's take contract aside, okay, um, how they're going to win games, right? We're hearing Von Miller. He's set to have a monster year. Cortland Sutton, welcome back. Welcome to the party, pal. Noah Fant, I'm not ever going to – don't forget about Fant, right? No. Um, lots Cox. of weapons. Jerry, Judy, yeah, man. What do you think the best skill possession position or player in Denver is right now? I think the best skill position is probably cornerback. Right, you're talking about that's considered a skill position. I mean, not only did you bring in like Kyle it. Fuller, you brought in Patrick Sertan. People are really sleeping on Ronald Darby. I feel like that nobody talks about Ronald Darby. I mean, Vic Fangio went uh, nuts saying that that was our number one target in the offseason, who we wanted. Um, he's got some inside outside a little ability. He's only 28 years old still, so came into the league really young. Uh, can he stay healthy? God, we hope so, but don't sleep on him. Like you mentioned earlier, Ojemudia, um, second year in the league should take a big leap forward. He's the fifth cornerback. And then Bryce Callahan, who was awesome last year and healthy. So I think it's to me, it seems pretty obvious that it is the uh, cornerback position, given just the depth of the youth, the talent across the board and what a complete 180 um, from what this team had last year at the position. Yeah, I'm going to this answer might seem odd at first, but I'm going to go Noah Fant because can we just stop? I don't need him blocking. I don't need him taking any unnecessary hits. I don't need any of that. Can I want this guy to strictly be that wide receiver tight end? Really? You know, I want him to be the Jimmy Graham. I think Noah Fant is going to go off this year. I think mm-hmm. the Broncos are going to have to think about paying Noah Fant really, really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, man, how great would it be if Noah to me, Darren Waller? Is I like Darren Waller a lot, and I hate to say that because yeah. he's a freaking Raider. Um, but man, I think Noah Fant can be better than Darren Waller. I really, really do. The more that I think about it, and I want to see Noah Fant have that breakout year. So watch Noah Fant, Brian. And I was a guy that was not high on Noah Fant at all when he came in. Um, I certainly am now, and things have changed, and Noah's changed. We talk about maturity, right? Noah mm-hmm. Fant. Um, that's one of those things Dalton Reisner's talked about. Garrett Bowles has talked about. He's come in big. He's come in, just sculpted out. He's come in with a, he knows his why now, Nick. And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes these young men a couple of years to figure that out. Absolutely. And Brian coming back in, I meant the best player of all time at skill positions. Oh, sorry about that, um, Brian. I mean, yeah, we're, we're getting it. Uh, probably John Elway or Peyton Manning, right? Quarterback's a skill position, but if you're taking quarterback out of the, the conversation here, um, okay we've already harped on him a bunch, but champ Bailey, I mean, first ballot hall of famer that speaks for itself, right? Yeah. And a cornerback, I consider a, uh, a skill position. I'm going to go Walter Payton sweetness. I uh, wish I could have got to see him play. Oh, I thought he meant for the Broncos. 
Oh, for the Broncos? Okay. Uh, I'll just transition really, really, really easy from there then. Floyd Little, rest in peace. Uh, I'll leave it there, man. The franchise. Bronco, Bronco, great. The franchise, Hall of Famer, rest in yep. peace, gone too soon. Absolutely love it, Brian. You're, Brian's a historian when it comes to the NFL and, and Broncos, and I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. And here we go. Guys, we're in our final segment of MHI. You guys have absolutely been killing it. We've been talking running backs. We've been talking skilled position. Got into some of the quarterback battles. And uh, looks like Robert Caslow, Nick, wants to talk a little bit of offensive line. Nick, do you, you see do Quinn Miners grabbing a starting position in 2021? I think that we need to put a little bit of breaks on Quinn Miners. Um, I know that that's not very fun because he's the shiny new thing. Um, but he didn't even play center for division three football. Right. And the center has a lot of intellectual responsibilities on them, like the line checks and whatnot, making sure calling out the mic, uh, especially, I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry was having to do that last year for Drew Locke when Locke was struggling with that. And they, tr- they put more on Cushenberry from a uh, intellectual side of things, a uh, pre-snap. Um, yep. So minors, not only, not only division three coming on up, he's never, he, first time he snapped a football was in mobile at the senior bowl this year and now everything else there. So, is, it a, is there a chance that he grabs a starting position in 2021? I think if Cushenberry really struggles, you could see a transition there halfway through the season, the last quarter of the season. But uh, I would be pretty shocked given just how, and it's that's not even an indictment on minors. It's just how tough it is actually to be a center. Cushenberry had a lot of time and he still struggled last year, um, but a lot of time at LSU doing it. Um, so I, I don't know. I think minors is much more about the end of this year slash the uh, 2022. It's a great question, Robert, and I see it all over the text line here. Um, And it's a question that we're all wondering, too. So you're very tuned in, man, like you always are. Uh, Here's the thing about Quinn Miners. Nick couldn't have said it better. Uh, He's the learning curve is going to be pretty steep, right? Mm -hmm. I get that that draft stock is red hot. And if you bought it in January, which George Payton did, he certainly is getting a return on his investment in the future. We just don't know when that'll be. Uh, I I feel very confident saying that. I talked to Garrett Bowles about Quinn Miners. I talked to Dalton Reisner about Quinn Miners. Lloyd Cushenberry has also commented on Quinn Miners. Everybody has glowing things to say about this kid, right? Do not sleep on Lloyd Cushenberry. This man is self-aware. Nick, I saw your Twitter last week. I saw Broncos country loving the humility from Lloyd Cushenberry. I think at times he was a little tough on himself, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, But Cush came up there and said, look, I wasn't surprised when they drafted Quinn Miners. My play was unacceptable, and I know that. And if he's already saying I've accepted that and he's willing to tell everybody face-to-face, I can't wait to see the work that he's put in next week. So Quinn Miners, I think it's going to be a little bit of a project, but you know what, Nick? Like we've been talking all show, these linemen are going to get banged up, right? Graham Glasgow has had some nagging injuries, I think because he's been used all over the freaking line in Detroit. I think he's been actually disserviced by the Detroit Lions, like many of the players from the Detroit Lions. So Damn. I hope Graham Glasgow stays healthy. Uh, Natani Moody, I'd like to see him get in the mix, and you probably will. But you mm-hmm. see, the offensive line depth has never been stronger than it is right now, especially in the Broncos' most recent history. They're going to need all of them, Nick, if they're going to be able to climb out of this rut. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, that's the thing, too. Right now, at this point, everybody's going to be healthy and the best guys are going to play and blah, blah, blah. Well, that that the wheels can fall off that bus quickly, as we saw last year. So, uh, you know, what are they going to do with Moody? What is what's happening with uh, Miners? 
well, injuries may force uh, push the Broncos hands and push those guys into a situation where they're going to be happy that they have the depth. You, you still might see some struggles from those guys, but um, we have higher learnings coming in here over on YouTube. And guys, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please remember to like subscribe and share. Also leave a react. If you're joining us on Facebook or YouTube, we're at 24 right now, though. that's a champ Bailey number. So uh, maybe, maybe don't mess with it. No, we, we want the interactions. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. The little video, just the little video I saw of Cushion Miners playing and pointing out assignments. Cushionberry looked a lot more confident, not much but something. And that's something, too, about Cushionberry, where just the reality of the situation is he was probably the worst starting center in football last year, but the Broncos' last two starting centers didn't even make the active roster their rookie seasons. And uh, Matt Paradis and uh, Connor McGovern were both practice squad players their rookie Connor. season. So, uh, yeah, to see Cushionberry struggle and have the also the self-realization of, listen, I was bad last year. I have nobody but to blame but myself. Um, I wish that was contagious in uh, Denver Broncos facility, right? Like if if I play bad, that's on me to get better. And uh, that's just the reality of it. And I love to see that from Cushionberry. Um, but uh, that I, I expect Cushionberry to start. And if he's still struggling this year, then you could see a transition to minors at some point as the season progresses. Yeah, and I think uh, versatility is obviously a part of Cush's game as well. I know Cush uh, could probably play guard. I think not, not Moody. Sorry, this I was just answering this question. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Um, I think so. Uh, let yeah, let's get to that question real quick from our pal Nick or Luke. Do you think Moody can play tackle? No, no, no. And before Nick tells you why, I'm gonna just go ahead and tell you what he's gonna say. Moody's in the box. He's a phone box kind of guy, phone booth kind of guy, and uh, not very those hips, man. Those hips, hips, hips. Uh, that that's he's not built <laughs> to be a tackle. His wear and tear, his strength is best suited in that guard position nick yeah he just doesn't have the body type there's a lot of guys who kind of have not a lot but like the the six foot four six foot seven 33 and a half plus inch arm length neither fit moody uh he's a guard through and through uh he's a good scheme fit for the, uh, this team as well if you can get healthy you're probably looking at him i mean you have two years left now of uh reisner who let's call it as it is up and down last year sophomore mm-hmm. slump and yep. uh, Glasgow Broncos can save a lot of money moving on from him. So maybe Moody pushes one of those guys off. That would be great. I mean, you're always looking to uh, have older players on your team be supplanted by younger developed talent, especially talent that's drafted in the fifth round, right? Like that's ideal. Um, but uh, as far as going to tackle, not happening for Moody. I would say hard no pass. Way. I don't even want it to happen for Reisner, Nick. Like, yeah, yeah. Reisner, can we leave him the hell alone? Like, him and Bolts have a good thing going on over there. Leave him alone. Don't touch him or anything like that. Robert, I need you to elaborate a little bit on this one. Should the rookies be rotated in 2021? What which rookies? I need uh need some need some depth there, and I will be sure to answer your question. Yeah. Orange Crush coming in saying, I'm rooting for Kush. I think we all are in Broncos country. Yes, Quinn sure. Miners is a good story, and he's a good young guy. Uh, but yeah, we're riding that emotional roller coaster right now here in the cool summer of 2021. And uh, we just have to, we need to just cool our jets just a little bit. And here comes Brian getting back at us. Uh, Nick or Luke, did you guys honestly know Denver's fullback in Super Bowl 32? Howard Griffith? Howard Griffith. Yep. Boom. I love it, Brian. I love the trivia. Maybe we should make that a segment on next week's show, or we could do like a 15-minute trivia because I see some historians, and I know they're on your show, Building the Broncos, Huddle Up Pod. I love it with Broncos country. So, yeah, ha, I'm 30. I know I wasn't around. I was just a little guy then, but, uh, man, how many times have you watched those Super Bowls, Nick? Like 97, 98, 2015, right? Like we cherish that. That that stuff's important, man. I watched – I had – there was a silver – 
VHS case and an orange one. I don't remember what year was which, but they're the Super Bowl years. And I would watch those on just loop in the summertime needing to get that fixed. I also would watch a uh, the chase uh, for baseball because I was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I love Mark McGuire. Right. Um, so okay. I'd watch a lot of Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, that DVD. But it would, literally, I would just rotate those three constantly. <laughs> Dave coming in, man, pumping up my ego. Luke, it's cool to hear you at the press conferences. It makes uh, me feel like I know someone there. You know all of us here at Maha Huddle, man. You've got a friend in all of us. We're all football junkies. Get at Nick Kendall, MHH. Get at me, at Luke Patterson, LP. Get at the Huddle Up Pod, at Maha Huddle. Get at all our co-hosts. All our riders, this is a team effort, guys. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the individual love. It means a lot to me, but this is a team sport here at Mile High Huddle, and uh, I couldn't do anything without these without these guys and these gals on Mile High Huddle. So um, check out their work and be sure to get at them because you know all of us, and once you're in the MHH fam, you're in, man. You, we jump you in, and uh, we absolutely love you guys. So please follow us there and get at us for more reaction. Whoops, Mile John. Huddle. John, I'm clicking. John, I'm clicking away. I'm so sorry. Can we get higher learnings back up? And then I promise I'll get to you, Velveta or Velveta. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. I'm going off the rails. So John's probably cursing me out because I'm clicking on all kinds of stuff. I shouldn't be clicking on things, Nick. I gotta stop. It's gonna be okay. Everybody, breathe. <laughs> Calm down. No. Um, higher learnings. What's up with Baron Browning's injury? Uh, last I saw, he was just working on the side, but that was back in June 7th. I mean it's early, right? Like there's no reason to really push these guys that much. So they're probably just being super cautious with them. Um, but I haven't heard uh, specifics of the injury in general. Uh, have you? No, I haven't. And I'm real curious to get out there next week and kind of talk with some of the other media uh, brethren, if you will, and try to see if I can get anything from them. They're yeah. keeping it real hush hush. And that's one of the luxuries of having voluntary OTAs. Uh, they get to decide who they're rolling out there to the press conferences. They get to decide what we see, what we don't see, things like that. So it's tough. Uh, but like you said, Nick, so elegantly put, um, it's early right now. Nobody panic. Um, Baron Browning will be involved. I expect him to be involved this season. Yeah, I mean, again, it's boring, but like worst case, worst case. He's a special teams dynamo because the height, weight, speed, he's going to get after it. Um, so, uh, well, and you know, you know, you know what though? Like Alexander Johnson, I can bash him all day, you know, for not being able to cover a player. The guy plays with a reckless aggression that the Broncos need, but yeah. you know what? At the same time, so does Josie Jewell. And, but at the same time, man, those guys are getting a little longer in the tooth. They're seasoned vets now, and they've got a lot of hits, right? We are always talking about Josie Jewell leading the team in tackles. Alexander Johnson's usually right there, too. They got a lot of tread on that tire. So it's team game, and the Broncos finally have depth at multiple positions, Nick. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we got Velveta coming in here uh, saying, when the question is asked of what Vaughn needs to do this season to return next year, if Bradley Chubb has an outstanding year, does that help Vaughn's case? Probably makes it harder to bring back Vaughn, right? Because you're looking then to pay Chubb, right? Like if Chubb kills it this year and is healthy, you're probably looking to pay Chubb, even though you have another year of control, because yeah. it's just probably going to go higher. Um, and that makes it harder to pay Vaughn, in my opinion. Yeah, it's man. I think ultimately these are two Broncos that uh, probably don't have long with with Denver. If I'm being completely honest, I really worry about Bradley Chubb's health. Outstanding player, Vaughn. I could see Vaughn having maybe a career resurgence as a, a different role as a pass rusher with another team. But if I'm going to answer the question, and I appreciate your generous donation, yeah, Vaughn you. needs to, Vaughn needs to have double digit sacks. Nick, I need the Vaughn of old. 
Um, I don't know if that's me being wishful thinking, if that's me being naive, but Vaughn was asked in the press conference last week about, you know, has he looked to the future? And he's saying, you know, I'm focusing on the now. There's so much to do right now. And he's telling me that. And that's interesting to me. And yeah, Vaughn's feeling good. He got his, he, you know, didn't flinch and he's still here. He got his money. He's getting ready to be a father, something he's constantly talking about. But when Vaughn's saying there's so much work I still have to do, I'm thinking, what is that work? To me, sacks. I need you to sack the quarterback. Please do it at least 10 times. Stay healthy. Um, play with a lead. God bless it. How fun would that be with the secondary <laughs> and Chubb and Vaughn if they could just keep it close, right? Like no garbage time. If we can keep it close and let the let the defense pin, do their thing, that'll be fun. Pin their ears um, back and let it rip. Yeah, I just want to see how Vaughn uh, responds after the injury he had last year. Right, Me That's too. probably the actual biggest thing. Like, if he's healthy, then the sacks and everything else will come. Um, but what's he going to be next year? 33? Mm-hmm. Also, it's just, uh, man, you're getting to scary time when it comes to Von Miller. And I think everybody, like I said this last year, at this exact point before he got injured, so everyone knock on wood, but like, their father time uh, is the reigning champ and undefeated. And eventually, every single player rides off into the sunset or at least uh, either fades into obscurity or rides off into the sunset. Some of them can ride off in the sunset a champion, like Peyton Manning and John Elway, but that's not always the case. So uh, Von Miller being 33 years old, uh, maybe we've already seen the best of Von Miller's career. That's not upsetting because he was dominant for a long time. The Broncos got his best years. I mean, he'll always be a Bronco to me in that sense. But uh, as far as him coming back, I mean, Broncos are already looking ahead to last year. They tried to pay Leonard Floyd to move on from him. And uh, the market got out of hand. And they're like, you know what? We'll just keep Vaughn if this is what they're going to be paying edge rushers. So, uh, and also the Broncos tried to trade up for Jalen Phillips, right? So like, like pay attention to what they're doing, right? Like they're, they're looking right now for the heir apparent for Vaughn and then probably transferring that big edge rusher contract over to Bradley Chubb. Malik Reed, cough, cough, who was at the training camp that John talked to me about a little bit and you before the show started. But I'm like, hey, man, Malik Reed was there, right? I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of Malik Reed there. Don't sleep on Malik Reed either. Draymond Jones, Nick, you've been saying this cat's going to have a good season. I'm starting to believe you, man. I loved his attitude the other day. Guys, speaking of attitude, y'all absolutely killed it tonight. You came in with such an energy that Nick and I were able to feed off of, and we absolutely loved. John was able. It. Yeah, I did too, man. I, I was yelling at my wife about Melvin Gordon. <laughs> so I need you guys, man. And and I hope the yeah, I hope the feeling is mutual. Uh so I had such a blast, man. This hour always flies, and we appreciate your reaction. We appreciate your involvement, your participation, and uh your time. That's the most precious thing. We talk about it every week, and I like to end the show on that. The most precious thing we have in this life is time. And thank you for donating an hour of yours to be here on MHI tonight with us. Yeah, thank you guys very much. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you follow, uh, subscribe, like, and share. Follow Luke on Twitter, at Luke Patterson LP, and myself, at Nick Kendall MHH. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, John as well, working the ones and the twos in the background of Wanna Beast at John K M H H. Uh, there you go, Willie, if you're still with us, um, I'm not going to pull him up on screen, but uh, this will do um, the, the, with the Buona beast. There there you can get his name on there. There's the uh, recognition that he deserves that uh, everybody wants. Um, this has been mile high insiders. You can follow us at mile or at M H I underscore pod and also follow the mothership at mile high huddle. Also guys go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and become a become a supporter by going to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle if you're joining us on youtube today again not everybody's in a position where they can be uh monetarily supporting us that's fine that's 
you know, we really appreciate it if you can. And everybody, all the supers today, uh, Brian Greenfield, um, gosh, uh, in the shop, in the shop, Willie in there, we had, you know, Velveeta coming in at the end. Uh, we, we just, we get so much in guys. We shout y'all out at the end of every show. That's something that's important. Nick, Chad, John, and I, so we haven't forgot you guys. It's one of those things where we can't do what we do without you guys. So if we have not directly got to you guys by name, we're going to do it here in just a second because your donations mean the most to us. Thank you very much. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. This has been MHI. Stay tuned. Go Broncos.